everyone, it's been so long, hasn't it, since I've done a proper podcast episode, but we are back. It is officially episode nine. I am here with a great co-host who I'm going to let introduce themselves. But first, I want to let everyone know that Ava X Lilith, the Monsters of Men, officially has a Patreon now. If anyone wants to go and support my hunky-dory butt, because this stuff is harder than I thought it was. And I would benefit a lot if I had an editor. So if anyone is generous enough to help me get a little bit closer to that goal, I would greatly appreciate it. So no more about me, please. Introduce yourself, beautiful co-host. Hey everyone, my name's Selena. I am the co-host this week and I am very excited. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moon underscore dweller five. And you can watch me view my nonsense about the things I like. She likes great stuff, okay? I've been following her. She's fantastic. So don't undersell yourself. <laughs> okay, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if any of you remember, I'm DC. My preferred pronouns are she, her. And if you're here, I am so excited because we have a little special episode cooked up. The reason we are talking about Lilith, that enigmatic creature, is because I don't know how many of you remember. I think it was, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was like December, around December-ish, where Elon Musk kind of like lost his goddamn mind. I mean, that's normal, but... Uh, true, <laughs> true. But, but he, yeah. he, he, he did like the weird Evangelion video where he was like, yes, I am Gendo and Gendo is me. And everyone else was like, buddy, read the room. Wow, I must have missed that. That's crazy. You did, oh my god, you did, oh my god, did you? Oh my god, as soon as this is over, I'm I gonna have, find I have, that. I have Elon blocked, so oh, that sense in the timeline. So. That might have been why. <laughs> oh my why. god. I need you to unblock him for just a quick moment when I show you that video because it was amazing. The internet, like the Ava side of the internet lost its mind because Elon like released a video where it was like, I believe in the future and whatever. And it was like very reminiscent to a few Evangelion shots to the point where there's one shot where he's like drawn similar to how Gendo is in the intro. And for the quote that he chose on the on the tweet, it was the the yui quote what was it um is it anywhere, anywhere yeah yes, anywhere yes. yes that one exactly that one and i remember everyone losing their goddamn mind they were like uh buddy who do you think this is for gendo is not the good guy in the anime right, right yeah well he's done that before he's had like the guy from like deus ex as his like profile picture and everyone's like he's like a weird like industrial capitalist like what are you doing it's weird as hell, and it doesn't help that Grimes has, like, big Yui Ikari energy. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. Right? So, okay, so I was I was hopped on it. I was mesmerized by this entire chaos that was happening, and I was like, okay, Twitter, tell me who you want for the next pod. It has to be a character-centric episode, so we're either doing Yui or Lilith. Not gonna lie, I was hoping Yui would win, just because I wanted to talk about the weird, like, Elon Musk stuff. But Faith chose otherwise, and we wound it up with Lilith winning. But let me tell you something. It was very close. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I voted for Lilith, so sorry. but uh, No, it's fine. It's I, fine. <laughs> I, remember, I remember how close it was. 
And you always have, like, such interesting topics, too. And I was like, these are both so interesting. Thank you. Uh, You know, I had to do that poll twice. Because it was so close? No, the first time, it was literally 50-50. Wow. And I remember tweeting something like, yeah, and I remember tweeting something along the lines of, oh, you chuckle fucks make it so hard. (laughs) (laughs) So I had to redo the poll. And the second time, I think uh lilith won but like only by like very slim like maybe like a two percent or something it was like 60 to to 60 something it was super close well that just means you have to do yui oh yeah no i the the plan for this entire podcast is to eventually tackle all of the characters and all of the themes that i that my gremlin little brain can come up with (laughs) but But that one surprised me because usually when I do one of these polls, they're pretty cut and dry. There's always a clear cut favorite. But for this one, it was so, so close that it genuinely surprised me, especially when I had to do it twice. Yeah, that's in- that is kind of interesting because I feel like Yui doesn't get a lot of discussion around like either on Twitter or on, like on Reddit or whatever. It's yeah. mainly like I feel like I mean, Lilith doesn't that much either, but she definitely, you know, she's sort of talked about more just because she's in end of evangelion but mm-hmm. yui is left out a lot so that's very interesting yeah I'll, I'll save my general thoughts about yui for the yui episode but i am fascinated to like explore her in depth because Yui's one of those characters where i wouldn't i would never say i like her in the way that other people like or the way we like like asuka and stuff but i am definitely like fascinated at whatever the hell Anno thought he was doing when he made Yui. Because I feel like Yui's one of those characters that has a lot of different interpretations. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, this might be going off topic, but um, have you heard, like, the Yui's, like, the main villain of the show theory? I have, I have. Yeah. I will, I'll read it more in depth as soon as the Yui episode rears its ugly head, but yes, I've seen, like, the main two sides that Yui always comes across us is either Yui is the big bad villain or Yui is the saintly mother. So that's yeah. interesting, but that's that is... for another day. Yes. Okay, Selena. So the first thing I ask you that I ask every single co-host, I don't know if you've heard the other episodes, but I love asking this question. What is your experience with Evangelion as a franchise? Like, how did you get into it? Where did you first heard about it? Blah, 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 blah. All that jazz, all that good stuff. That's a good question. So I I got introduced to it when I was uh, 15 through a friend of mine. And it was actually when Pacific Rim was coming out. So I was like, oh, I love, you know, mechs. And I love, and I've always been a big fan of Godzilla. And he's like, well, check this out. <laughs> and he had like um like old like DVD copies or something like that he got from like off eBay mm-hmm. and he lent them to me or whatever and I watched it in like the span of like three days and it, oh my and God. it yeah and it blew- I mean I was hooked in the first episode because I was like because a 15 year old me was practically just Shinji like incarnate mm-hmm. so but I mean yeah ever since that day I was like my mind was blown and I was like yep this is like this is like my life like brought in anime so I was like yeah I don't know it was crazy. It had a pretty big impact on me. Obviously, since it's, what, six years later, I'm still, I think about it almost every day. I love that everyone that comes to co-host this podcast with me has such an interesting, like, conversation and first interaction with this franchise because mine is so boring. Mine was like, oh, I've heard about it for a long time. And when Netflix had it, I was like, I should watch it. And then I watched it. And that's it. <laughs> well, that's that's perfectly fine, too. I, I mean, mean it, it's fine, but like- it's very newbie right i mean mine's kind of cringe because i'm afraid to just like you know tell people like oh yeah like this 
Japanese cartoon had like the same effect on me as like my therapist did. So it's like, <laughs> yes. so, so it's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, I try not to explain the whole thing all the time just because I feel like it's a little weird, but it is what ah, it is. Too bad. I love exploring the full thing. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. The connections people have to this franchise is like one of my favorite aspects of this entire podcast because I always love hearing how people, uh, differentiate how they interpret whether it's the characters or the franchise itself or how they connect to it because i've had people that like knew it all along i've had people who i remember i had one co-host i think it was um was it alex no it wasn't alex oh man i don't remember who the co-host was but one of the co-hosts found out what evangelion was through one of those spin-off novels that they found at like a book event or something and that's how they found out what evangelion was yeah that was it's, it was crazy. crazy. I remember that's her really telling crazy. me about it, and I was like, "What? Really? It's so weird." I didn't even. That's like I didn't even hear about all the spinoff stuff until like this year, actually. Like I didn't even know there was like. I mean, I knew there was the manga, but I didn't know there was like the weird anime or whatever. And I didn't oh, know. Yeah. I didn't know there was like some other weird like where they go to like school or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I haven't read any of them, and at this point, I don't think it's worth it. A lot of people say it's you know not that great. It's not yeah that much. But uh, again, I, it's one of those things where I find it super interesting. That wow, that's what got you into it, huh? <laughs> yeah, that is, it is really interesting, and it's especially interesting because like before Netflix, it was like it wasn't it was hard to find. It was like yes, it wasn't on like you know Crunchyroll or anything. So, like, you either had to torrent it or you had to get it from, like, eBay or whatever. So, it's yeah. especially interesting. That's what interests me about your story because you told me that uh, a friend had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so never did, figured out how he got into it, but, yeah. Did, did they have, like, uh, like the original Japanese dub or did they have that awful 90s dub that people insist had, on defending yeah, had, for some reason? Yeah. Yeah. He had the AD, ADV dub, I think it's called. Um, yeah. But, um... Yeah, he had that, and yeah, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I, I rewatched it, the show, when it came out on Netflix, and I was like, I think I kind of prefer this, at least voice-wise. I know some of the translations aren't as accurate, but I was like, I don't know, Shinji, Shinji just sounds more accurate to me, and so does Masato, and I don't know. Yeah, uh, before we um, sit, sat down with our technical difficulties to make this episode, I was rewatching watching uh, episode 24 because I wanted to make sure that I had clear in my mind uh, that that was Lilith and not Adam because I always get them confused because I'm bad with lore. And I, I rewatched it in English. I usually rewatch it in Japanese because oh, yeah. I feel like it's more authentic, but I had to rewatch it in English because I was also doing dinner. So I couldn't like read subtitles. Right, yeah. And I hadn't rewatched it in English since almost a year ago. So I kind of had forgotten what they sounded like. A lot of voices land. Like, I feel like Misato's voice actress is very good. I feel like Ritsuko's is fine. I I like Asuka's English voice actress. Shinji was the one where I was like, Japanese voice actress is way better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I always prefer Japanese dubs just because... I feel like it's just easier for me not to tell if like it's good or not. So yeah, yeah. I I usually I usually pretty apathetic towards it. Like I'm I'm not a big dub versus sub person. Like the only anime that I would insist that people watch with the English dub is Berserk because uh my fascinating thing and I'll stop talking about Berserk someday. I swear. But <laughs> we should make uh, a Berserk episode. 
oh man, I don't even get me started. Uh, like the Berserk, one of my favorite aspects about the Berserk English dub is that uh, the fan base got so attached to the original like main three voice actors that for the 2012 movies, they just rehired the same people. Oh yeah, that's... And that I thought that sense. was yeah, I thought that was real sweet. And it's so good to hear because when you compare the 90s anime with the 2012 uh, movies, you can definitely tell that they've grown into these characters because they sound good in the 90s, but they sound excellent in the 2012 right. movies. Like, ah, chef's kiss. But we're yeah. not here to talk about Berserk, you guys, because I will take <laughs> an hour talking about this goddamn anime that has ruined my life. So yeah, okay, yeah. Let's. I was gonna bring up the rebuild. That kind of sounds like oh! the, origin, the ADV cast in the rebuilds, we, but yeah, we could totally talk about the rebuilds because that's going back into our original theme, which is right. Evangelion. <laughs> oh man, the rebuilds. I haven't seen uh, the rebuilds in a while. I only watched the rebuilds once because, like, I guess hot take. I'm not that into them. Right. They're, yeah. They're fine. They're their own thing. Yeah, I rewatched them at the beginning of last year when I also did a rewatch of Evangelion. I watched it when I'm like in my most depressed and I wasn't having a very good time in life. So like, let's watch Evangelion. But then, <laughs> I, yeah, when I watched them, I was like, these are better than I remember, but they also aren't like that good. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I really like the first one, actually, because I really like the fight with like Ramiel or whatever. And I like the third one just because it's, you know, it's weird and I like just weird stuff. But the second one is just like, I don't know, it just feels like off to me. I think it's because the second one seems more like a slice of life anime than anything else. And then then at the end, it's just like, oh, by the way, there's angels and mechas and stuff. Remember that? Bye. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely like, I mean, I enjoy like their trip to like the aquarium or whatever. But then like when they fight against, uh, I don't remember his name the big floaty one like the weird oh, I don't, skull face i don't know i don't know the yeah. angels by name I'm i sure refuse to listening. learn them at this point <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure the people listening will know what i'm talking about you know when like unit one goes berserk and like i don't know it just was like weird i'm like why is i don't know and i really like episode 19 of the original show is like my favorite unit one going berserk so good. yeah and shinji being like i don't want to die i don't want to die it's like so good but yeah. so this one just seems like a poor like imitation of it so i feel like maybe that's why i don't like it but i I just feel like the rebuilds um especially the second one the rebuilds kind of shift the tone of this entire thing because they go from the anime which is like a kind of serious kind of dour uh sometimes slice of life and the second one goes it's mostly slice of life and then we have dour weird stuff yeah yeah i definitely think that's a good take i mean like because like the first two are definitely like like you said like kind of slice wifey but then the third one is just like off the walls crazy so it's <laughs> it's weird to go from like the second one to like the third one and i mean like i guess you can say that kind of happens in end of evangelion but like at least it's like a transition somewhere you know oh yeah but you can definitely tell that end of ava and ava the series are like connected you know you can definitely tell right, it's yeah. the same crew of people the same writers the same animators they got a high budget now so everything looks right. sleeker and more pretty yeah and all that like read the 3.33 is just like time skip and now it's like really weird and the ship in that movie i don't even remember what it's called but i just don't like it i think it's a uh, misato ship 
Yeah, I mean, the one, looks, yeah, the wonder. I think it's called. Yeah, it just looks too weird for me. I, I'm very apathetic towards uh towards the third rebuild. Like I lo- like the thing I will say about the rebuilds, and we'll go back to Lilith. But the thing I will say about the rebuilds <laughs> is that I do like what they did with Misato. Yeah, yeah, me big too. Fan, big fan. Also, fun fact: I just remember this. Her uh, ring mail, her ringtone is the same voice as Ghidorah from the Godzilla series. So, oh shit! Yeah, we have any Godzilla listeners? I don't know. Hell yeah! Huh. So. Lilith. Yes, let's talk not, about it. Not gonna lie, it intimidated the hell out of me as soon as I saw that this one was the one that won. I was like, oh no, I'm gonna have to get into lore. Yeah, it intimidated me too, just because I was like, I don't think about Lilith. I have like one take, I think, with Lilith. And kind of, so I was like, oh gosh, are we gonna make, be able to make a podcast out of this? Because, yeah, I was kind of, so I was, like, reading, like, the Wikipedia on, like, Kabbalism. I don't know if you pronounce it, but, and then I was, like, I went through, like, you know, KFC Tokyo 3. Shout out yeah. to him. He was a big help. So, yeah, that was basically my research, because I was, I was also very terrified of this, this subject. Yeah, because, like, Ava, Ava does this thing where the story kind of tells you, like, oh, you like lore? That's cute. And then ignores the lore. But then there's like this really massive fan base who's very into the lore. Right. Yeah, the lore is like from like the video game. So it's like, it's very strange. I don't know. Part of me is like, lore doesn't matter that much in stories. But at the same time, like, it would help. Like, you could just, I don't know. It's very weird. And it was like, I have no time for this. Just skip over it. Yep, no, I I completely agree. Like, my take on lore has always been if it adds to the main plot, like, in a structural manner that also affects the characters, then yes, it's important. But sometimes I feel like there's, there's fans specifically, like, not even that much the creators, but sometimes fans take lore way too seriously. To yeah. the point, to the point where I feel like we start missing the main idea of the series. Uh, I I don't think that happens a lot with Ava, but when it does, oof. But um, I've definitely right. seen the, seen fandoms the, that get really heavy into the lore, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when this was about like a group, couple of kids who just want to live their life. Yeah, we should go back to that. Yeah, that's like the Star Wars syndrome. Oh, that's, oh, that's what I think about it. But I don't want to. Let's not get into that because that's that's a whole. Uh, we we can talk about that episode, later. Ten episodes <laughs> of ten podcast episodes, but. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm glad, I'm kind of glad Ava doesn't have, like, like, or at least the discussions. It is very much about the show, and it's not about, like, the lore, because it, it's, you, I feel like it's almost unique in that sense, because that's what the fandom usually talks about. And I oh, mean, yeah. part of it is, like, part of me has always wondered, is it, like, because the show is, like, that deep or that, that much interesting, or is it just because, like, it's so weird, everyone was just like, well, I think it means this, and I think it means that, but then everyone's like, which, I mean... I don't know, I think death the author is a real thing, so I mean that's mm-hmm. probably it's so it's whatever, but like yeah. I don't yeah, know what no, I'm saying with that. I'm I'm a really I'm a heavy I'm a big believer in death and the author, uh because especially with something as massive as Ava. Because oh sa- same. I, I have I, I keep shifting them around, but like I have a thing where I feel like Asuka is my ultimate favorite, but like Misato Kaji and Ritsuko like keep interchanging their places. I love all three of them, and if you make me choose between them, I will shoot myself. 
Yeah, it's kind of difficult for me too because like Asuka, so I think it's like Asuka, um, Masato, then Shinji, and then probably Ray. But like the first three, like they're very much interchangeable for me too. Like there's a piece of me in like in each each and every one of them. So yeah, I just find them interesting, and the fact that there's so many for uh, for people to choose from is amazing honestly like very few cast of characters have the unique dynamic personalities i guess or dynamics between them as ava does and especially when you have such a vast array of characters because for example um i have characters that i firmly already have a stance on like asuka's a favorite misato ritsuko and kaji are favorites I have characters who I like as interesting characters, but not that I like them that I will defend. Like, I find uh, the uh, the very adult trio, like Yui, Fuyutsuki, and, and Gendo, I find them incredibly fascinating. But I would never call any of them my favorite, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. The the adult trio, like the like the adult adult trio. Le- the Gehrin trio. Like, the Gehrin trio, just to call them that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They They interest me but i've always they've always been kind of at the back of my mind i mean gendo is probably the only one i've really thought about that much but like fuyutsuki i haven't like thought about at all like he's just like an old man that might look like jeremy irons (laughs) Um, i remember that i see what you did there discussing (laughs) but that's that's like that's like the extent of my opinion on him yeah, I think it's because uh, ever since I started doing this podcast and I've been focusing first on the minor characters before going to the big ones, I had to think about Fuyutsuki when I did the Fuyutsuki episode with, uh, I think I did it with Alex uh, Maslow in Need. And it's one of my favorite episodes because it forced me to sit down and really think about a character that I hadn't thought about. And the more you think about Fuyutsuki, like, the more fucked up it gets. <laughs> I, like, I remember Alex and I coming to the conclusion that, like, Oh, if Fuyutsuki just talked to people, so many things could have been avoided because Fuyutsuki knew Naoko and he also knew, like, Shinji's mom. Like, he knew people. He could have saved these kids a lot of trauma if he just sat down and went like, hey, so your mom did love you. (laughs) Right. Uh, (laughs) He just decided not to. Yeah, I've heard a theory where it was like, because he just, like, kind of, like, is, like, passive throughout the whole thing, even though he knows what's going on. So mm-hmm. it's, just like, because, like, he, he had a thing for Yui, if I remember correctly. Yes. But he, like, obviously was working with Gendo, who obviously his whole thing was to get back with Yui. So my was the theory that I've heard is, like, well, maybe he was trying to sabotage Gendo, like, at the end. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I never, <laughs> oh, sorry, I choked on my spit read that much into it i have fuyutsuki's interpretation for me he has uh he realized that maybe he never really had a chance with yui yui seemed very into gendo for some reason and his reason for helping gendo was just so he could get instrumentality as well because in end of ava his vision of um instrumentality is also yui right yeah that makes sense I, at least I that was how seen... that was how i read it right yeah i haven't seen end of Ava in over a year so but yeah that oh, makes a lot of sense i was gonna ask you now that i now that i said that when you watched Ava for the first time when you were a teenager did you watch end of Ava immediately or did you find about it after like what was your experience because i feel like end of Ava is 
always like a little bit of a breaking for fans. Right. Yeah. So I. So yeah. So my. I watched it right after my friend was like, "You got to make sure to watch that. This is like the true ending or whatever." And whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. But I watched it right after, and I mean that was that's my favorite movie of all time still, and that one that like that still makes me cry like three times watching it. But it was. Uh, yeah, I watched it pretty much like right away. Okay, okay. So you like I think it was Alex the one who was like, "No, I watched the entire series and like a year later I was notified that End of Ava existed." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that's that must be crazy cuz that's that like must when have it been gets insane. Cuz that's when it gets like like that's probably like the to me at least personally like the peak of the sh- of like the whole franchise. So just to have that like pop up out of nowhere is like holy shit. I can't imagine you having like an, and I hope this was Alex. If if not, I'm sorry, Alex. <laughs> but I'm I'm attributing to you and someone else. But I think it was you. I'm almost positive. Um, but yeah, like I can't imagine you having a perception of an anime that ends with a, with an almost happy ending. Honestly, I right. I truly do. I truly do think episode twenty six is very good, very solid, very nice feeling, and then someone just being like. But did you see the sad one? What? Right. Yeah, because, I mean, I really liked the the last two episodes. So, I mean, I didn't like them that much when I first saw them. I was like, I was kind of like, most people, I was like, what the hell is going on? I mean, like, I related to it, but I was like, this is where the story ends. Like, where the hell is everyone else? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's like, I was talking to KFC Tokyo 3 about this, and he actually prefers the original ending because End of Evangelion is such, like, an angry movie. And it's so, it's just, like, so raw, just for, like, like everything that it, like, all the themes that it deals with, it just, it doesn't pull its punches at all. So mm-hmm. to go from, like, congratulations, Shinji, like, you've made it, to, like, the, like the last scene, just, like, the disgusting scene is... Oh, yeah. It has to be such a contrast. Is, oh, definitely. It's crazy. End of Ava, End of Ava is one of those things where, like, conceptually, I know they all belong to the same franchise. But in my head, I kind of divide them. Like, yeah. my, little, my little goblin brain perceives it as, okay, there's 25 and 26 and End of Ava. And I think what my brain came up with was like, oh, they're happening simultaneously. Yeah. But I maybe not. Who knows? But maybe. Yeah. If you, were, if you were to ask me what the timeline was, I would just shrug. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if the timeline even makes, like lines up but i'm just like this kind of makes it better so i'm gonna go with this yeah i pick and choose what i like that's how i deal with problems right (laughs) so we are talking about end of ava which honestly is lilith's biggest moment (laughs) i would say so how do we feel because i remember the first time i saw that giant as lilith ray Kauru monstrosity and I remember feeling cold I was like what the fuck I remember I mean I, I don't know if I can recall back to like the first first time I've seen it but most recently I remember I don't know I was I just remembered like I'm glad Ray is like had her time to shine because I mean I kind of like don't really view Ray and Lilith as completely separate mm-hmm. like so I was just like I mean I've I mean, I real one thing I like about Ava is how weird it is. So like, I'm like, hell yeah, like giant weird god thing. Like this is 
let's go. But um, the main thing for me was definitely was definitely just Ray doing her, like what she wanted to do in the show because yeah. I think the moment before she becomes the giant like Braith or giant Lilith thing, her rejection of Gendo is like probably like top five favorite moments in the show. Same. And it's it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of have the same feeling about it. Uh, I do. I again, Ray is one of those characters where I I'm still kind of like researching because Ray is the character in the show that I relate to the least. Mm. But that doesn't make her. That doesn't make her not a favorite. She. I just need more time to get to know her. Right. Uh, I love studying characters. Characters are always my favorite part of any story ever. So the fact that I can Thanks. keep finding layers to Ray is always fascinating to me. And in Ava, I think it was Kumisaro. I I could be mistaken, but I remember reading on a Tumblr post where someone oh said, right. "Yes." When someone was saying uh, Ray's ultimate tragedy is that she ascends to godhood. Hmm. And that's, that's kind that, of... That's, that's and, interesting. Yeah, and that's kind of where Lilith comes into the picture. Because Ray has this whole thing where she was made for purpose. And Gendo keeps repeating this through End of Ava. Like, it's mm-hmm. time. This is what you were born to do. Yada, yada, yada. And it's just fascinating to me. Because it, it's one of those things where... First of all, you, like at least if you're anything like me, you start thinking like, what the fuck did Anno have that made him like <laughs> think up of this little plot bunny? But second, it just keeps getting, I don't want to say strange because I don't feel like strange is the right word for it. But it, it there's like this mystical quality surrounding uh, Ray and Lilith. Mm-hmm. both as different entities and when they are placed together. That image of the giant Ray Lilith figure in the sky and when she's like bending backwards and her head falls off that like that is chilling stuff. It really is, yeah. It's almost like it's I know you did a horror episode so I don't know if I have too many good takes on this, but it's oh, it's ahead. very much it very much is like cosmic horror. It's very much like Yes. I don't even know. It's almost like it kind of reminds me of John Carpenter's The Thing. Where it's just like this sort of like a magmalation of just like different like body parts and stuff. Oh yeah, like, Lilith like before you know when she has like the spear of long um, longinus, yeah, longinus in her. At least has, that's like, how the, they pronounce it in the Netflix dub. I don't know. Yeah, or I, I've heard it, it's weird. I heard it longinus too, and I'm like that sounds weird. But um, she has like the feet and stuff. Like you know, mm-hmm. like, half her body's like the weird feet. So I don't know. It's there's a lot of like body horror like with within her it's interesting Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me that the show sells you that lilith's body was adam's and it isn't until kaoru shows up and he's like oh the old switcheroo and it's actually lilith and we as the audience also find out that it was lilith because up until that point we were also under the impression that it has always been adam right yeah that's definitely true that's which yeah so it, so it kind of begs the question, what, was that always planned? Is that a last-minute thing? Uh, they kind of tie it back in End of Eba because when Gendo grossly and disgustingly gropes Rei with his disgusting, horrible hand, uh, if I am not mistaken, what he has on his hand is an Adam embryo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he joins it with Rei's body, which then joins it to Lilith's body. Yeah. Which, and then Ray technically has Lilith's soul. 
Exactly, yes. exactly, and then, exactly. And then, and then unit one is a clone of Lilith, and that goes inside Lilith. It just but, clones all the way down. But, but, al- but also unit one is Yui. There's a lot going on. Oh, yeah. So, that's, yeah, very strange. But that, the, the hand thing, which you just talked about, is my sort of, like, big take regarding Lilith and Ray. Mm-hmm. Is, um, Ray is kind of like, I mean, Lilith and Ray sort of personify Lilith, how she's sort of presented in, like, you know, like the, just in, like, the sort of Jewish mythology, you know, how she, mm-hmm. like, rebelled against Adam or whatever. Yes. So, yes. like, to me, that was very, like, Lilith, I mean, Ray and Gendo are sort of, you know, the representations of that, but they're quite almost literally like like them because you know mm-hmm. ray is lilith and adam or gendo has adam in his hand so i think yeah. that was always that was that was always the most uh, interesting thing for me yeah and the fact that there's a lot of like i like i don't like okay fine we can sit here and argue about how much intentionality anno made the religious symbolism in ava mm-hmm. but but he has something where he decided to make the main first angel Adam, the main first angel Lilith, and the ones who come from Adam, Ava's. Right, yeah. It's like, definitely intentional, like, I feel like. Like, that is the beginning of Religion 101. Right. And something about the imagery, which I, I just remembered, like, right before the podcast started. So, Bald Masato, who I'm sure you know on Twitter, um, yeah. she... I. I remember she posted a picture of Lilith and it's like, it says right here, it's like this French artist from Michael Desmond and it's this picture of Lilith with a vagina in her forehead. And honestly, oh, yeah. that, that, that imagery of course occurs in, um, end of Evangelion. The, the like, eye. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, so it's, I, a lot of like this little stuff I feel like is too, it's just too, like it lines up too perfectly just to not be intentional. I think what Anna did, which honestly, real real ballsy of his part, was I'm going to take the best parts of religion, which is obviously the aesthetics. I can say that because I have an art history degree. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to take the best parts of religion, which is obviously the aesthetics, and I'm just going to borrow them. And you know what? Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like I yeah. could talk to you about that for a while. I'm very interested in like the nature of art, but that's off topic <laughs> oh yeah no I, I i adore our history we could we could get into that if you want over that discord later like i am up for that i have to use that degree for something i'm just saying <laughs> right so the reason i named this podcast ava and lilith the monsters of men was because it interests me how all of the female characters in this show have been affected by the men in their life whether it was positively or negatively mostly negatively in this case Yes. And how that kind of all comes back to, you know, the beginnings of time and history and mythologies. And I just like how all of that connects really nice, really smoothly. Yeah, I was actually, um, I was, so I read this book a while ago. Um, it's called Ways of Seeing by John Berger. Mm-hmm. And it's about, I, I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's sort of like a feminist um, sort of like analysis of like art throughout the history. And it's and I was just looking up some notes on it to jog my memory, but it's interesting because he talks about how women, like in art, sort of don't have any agency. They sort of just appear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and well, like men are sort of the agent ones, and I think that's interesting. Um, and it, well, in Ava, it's sort of like that because 
you know, Gendo is sort of the, the main agent one, but it's, I think it's especially interesting with Ray because she's like passive throughout the entire series until the end. She's like yes. has agency. So I think that, so, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it was intentional. I'm not sure if it was intentional by Anno, but it's very, very, I like how feminist it is. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's one of those things that keeps reappearing as the series goes on, because we see it in the main show, but we also see it in the rebuilds. Mm-hmm. The rebuilds kind of do this thing where it's a little bit more um, up to date, if I dare say that. Because the rebuilds don't feel as misogynist as the series does. It has its moments. Right. Because we didn't need that naked Asuka in the second episode, but we got it for some reason. I, yeah. And but it's it's weird because like the rebuilds also have like a little more fan service. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. So, so yeah, it's the whole show's relationship with women is very strange. Because at mm-hmm. one time, like I said, it's like it's like women have agency, and it's like really like I don't, and all the char- like all the women characters are like are fantastically written. But at the same time, it's like yeah, like the plug suits are like really tiny, and then we have our main character. A sexually assault Asuka, and then oh, horrible! Yeah, which I mean, I feel like that's somewhat intentional. Like, obviously, like that's a bad oh, yeah. thing that yeah, Shinji yeah. does, but it's definitely like women definitely don't go have an easy time in this show. Even though they make up the majority of the cast, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and they're that... in positions of power, and like it's very yeah. No, definitely, you you hit hit the nail on the coffin. Like, it's one of those things where. Even with women in power in high positions at the workplace, they're still subservient to whatever the male power is in that relationship mm-hmm. or in that space. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, like, all, yeah, I can't think of a single, besides Ray at the end. I, yeah, mm-hmm. they're all pretty much just Gendo's playthings. Yeah, but unfortunately, yeah. And if, and if they're not Gendo's, they're Shinji's, unfortunately. Right. Because, like, father, like, son, I guess. That's a whole right. other discussion for another day, right. which is something to really get into. But what, what I find fascinating about how Lilith plays into all of this is that at the end, what is hovering over the sky to a billion probably very confused people all around the world is this giant-ass naked woman just... Yeah. Give me your souls, bitches. And everyone's like, tumbling down, tumbling down, tumbling down. I absolutely love that song. It plays my head like pure. I adore this song. It's ridiculous how much like I've listened to that song. Oh yeah, me too. Cruel Angel's thesis too. I I literally on like my like driving to work. I'm like, okay, I have to go to work. Let's put this on. Yeah, same, same. Um, but, but the, but the thing of Lilith, you said sort of like, like being above like everyone mm-hmm. is interesting because I mean, very, not only is it like, obviously it's like a role reversal, but it's very much, I don't even know where I'm going with this. It's, I feel like, I don't know. It's, I feel like it would, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. People it's all right. It's all right. It, I know. I understand because it's a lot, you know? And I know someone's going to come at me and be like, oh, but the Kauru figure was also in the sky. Yes, true. But how do we know it was actually like a double body of Rei and Kauru, but right, not I just the vision that Shinji had? 
yeah, I think Rei kind of made herself look like Karu to appeal to Shinji. Yeah, definitely. That that was my take too, honestly. So yeah, and like, and it's like, and Rei appears to everyone. Like, you know, they either appear as like their loved one or they appear as Rei. And oh yeah. It's sort of interesting. I guess not only is Lilith as like you know because like Lilith in the mythology show she's sort of like you know this demon lady that like eats people. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of I guess could be possibly taken from that that like Ray is you know taking people to their death. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm pretty sure the fi- uh, that the figures are Ray because you know it's the form that took Lilith's body. Like, like if Kaji had it, it would be just a billion Kajis, you know, like, right. (laughs) That's how I interpret it, at least. Uh, Again, we're we're not the be all end all of Evangelion discourse. Uh, Actually, that's just my interpretation. So the people listening, listening, if you disagree with us, you're you're, okay. I have a PhD. Bold. Bold. Kidding, of course. (laughs) Someone just like placed their hands on that keyboard real quick like what you gotta get that <laughs> engagement you know that's how you get it that's how you do it maybe so that's how i should... yeah just piss everyone <laughs> maybe that's how i should how should i promote the podcast like if you want the truth about evangelion yes yes that's exactly what you have to do <laughs> and it's just like this like i i know anno like he's my best friend I'm just... <laughs> oh my god uh, he just texted me, actually. We're going out for Uber. It's fine. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna Uber eat a pizza. It's fine. We're gonna watch God- Shin Godzilla. It's it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Lilith, man, it's, again, she's just so intimidating. Not because she's, like, a big naked lady, but, like, <laughs> I feel like she encompasses so much, and yet... I don't feel comfortable saying anything concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the main challenge with a character like Lilith. Because with the other characters, you can basically just start going at their traumas. Like, even with characters who don't appear that much. Like, I made an entire episode on just Naoko, which is a character we see in one episode. And she's mentioned, like, in maybe three. Right, yeah. And we had a lot to dig in. But it's because, you know, she was a concrete character with her own wants, desires, needs, flaws. Lilith is more of a concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, it, and it's difficult because, like, you know, do you, it's like almost like Lilith is like an extension of Ray's character. So, mm-hmm. so, I mean, you know, it could just be something that's sort of like, oh, and by the way, for Ray's character. But yeah, Lilith is almost like like an abstraction in the show it's very much like she like exists but it's like she's not there at the same time she's yeah i don't know no i completely makes sense i completely understand because unfortunately i think there's this um there's an interview with ano somewhere out in the internet where he was like no when i when I wrote uh, Ray's character in episode six, yeah. I just kind of forgot about her for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, we noticed. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, it's, yeah. Her Ray's and character that is very sucks. much. Yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, it does, because she's very much, you know, she, like Asuka kind of pushes her aside, mm-hmm. you know, both, um, which I mean, I guess it's kind of her personality, but. Oh, yeah. She, uh, 
And I mean, I really like Ray as a character. Like, I think her arc, you know, sort of becoming Lilith fits her. And I think, I mean, kind of sucks that she just can't have like a normal life or anything. But like, I think it's, I think it's really well done. But it definitely is like episode six. We see development, and then like we don't see anything until end of Evangelion. So, Literally, yeah. And I mean, I mean, she's, I mean, she, you know, she shows up a little bit in. Uh, I can't remember the one she explodes for you which episode that is, but yeah, she has a couple of moments here and there after episode six. She has like um the episode where where Asuka's trying to like take control, but Ray's the one who like knows where the things are, are at nerve and all that jazz. Yeah, like yes. that was a good Ray moment. Uh, she has or um in the dancing episode where Masato's like Ray do this, <laughs> and then Asuka's like she freaks out because. She's- yeah, Ray's better than her. Yeah, it's interesting because Ray is sort of she, she becomes sort of I don't know subservient is the right word, but she becomes almost like a support character for other people's mm-hmm. other characters like arcs. Like you know, like yeah. the elevator scene is like like probably my second favorite scene in the show. So and that only really works because of Ray being Ray and how mm-hmm. and Asuka's trauma. So I mean, this isn't about Lilith, but. It is what it is. No, but it kind of plays into it because it, if right. you want to go ham on the analogies and comparing characters, if Lilith is like where Ray was headed, we can also kind of see Asuka as an Ava-like character. Because like, at least to me, you know, Eve is the one that comes from Adam's ribcage in the, in the mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Asuka's main purpose in the entire story is that Yes, she is like the most qualified pilot out of the three of them. She's had years of training and experience. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, and as much as it pains me to say this, Asuka is dispendable. They right. literally replace her as soon as she stops working right. with Kaoru. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quite tragic. It's awful. It's horrifying yeah. and tragic. And I feel like people, maybe the first time they hear something like that, they take it personally because Asuka is their favorite character. But the more, at least the more I think about it, me having Asuka as my favorite character of the series, I'm like, yeah, that's her major tragedy. She, at the end of the day, is replaceable to the fact that, you know, her mother replaced her with a doll. And at the end of the series, she is replaced with other pilots. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, she only really cares about her mm -hmm. when there's no one else left. So yeah, exactly, it's not, a, it's not a good feeling. So that was sad. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's interesting because you were talking because, like, I mean, if we want to sort of make Asuka to sort of be Eve, you know, mm-hmm. Eve is sort of you know is like gets like the brunt of it in the Bible, right? Like, you know, she yep. eats fruit, and then God's like, "Fuck you!" Here's you know birth pains and everything and sin, and but then like Lilith. Um, you know, she also sort of rebelled against God, but she sort of, I feel like, got out of it better. Oh, yeah. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, in the folklore, she's like, like a demon that eats children. But like, obviously, you know, she sort of uh, evolved into this, you know, symbol of like female independence. So I, I feel I like think... throughout the years, she's reclaimed this kind of uh, feminist symbolism that right, Medusa definitely. has as well. Mm-hmm. So kind I of, think... Kind of... So I think Asuka and Ray sort of sort of parallel those two. Yeah, definitely. It's a good way to reach that arc too, because again, the ending scene of End of Ava, many people have interpreted as, you know, Adam and Eve again in the new world. Right, yeah. So there's also that. <laughs> I have I don't I, I don't even know if I have come up with a definite 
like this is my take on the ending scene but yeah oh i have avoided like having a concrete take on it because i just don't feel like i have one ava is one of the very few series where i don't have hashtag hot takes on uh i just kind of take it as its own beast and i love i just love getting into it you know i love talking to people i get i love getting to know different um points of view on it i feel like the only thing i will like defend with my whole ass heart is that i do genuinely believe that kaji is a good character and that's like the one take i have that i will defend yeah the only like no don't don't talk shit about kaji he's great and i'm gonna tell you why (laughs) like that's my one hot take that's a good take uh, my one hot take is Evangelion is the best, and if you disagree, you're obviously wrong. So. <laughs> we're but, best friends with Ano. We know what we're talking about. Yes, yeah, exactly. But yeah, <laughs> I I don't know if I have any super hot takes either. Like, um, it's very much, yeah. Maybe besides, maybe well, there was a few. Like when I first started, when I first joined Ava Twitter, you know, there was like the few. I don't know if I'd call them Shinji stands because I'm a Shinji stand, but like. Mm-hmm. Like, people who, like, Shinji isn't, like, misogynistic. Shinji isn't, like, a bad Ooh. guy. And I'm just like, okay, like, can we break it down for you? And I remember having, like, this massive conversation with this guy for, like, three hours on Shinji. And I was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> I'm never wasting my time like that again. <laughs> no, it's one of those things where one time on Twitter, I was like, give me your hot takes. <laughs> like, I just opened the floor. I was like, it's open mm-hmm. season. Just give me your hot takes. And most of them, as I was expecting, were very character related because I feel like that is the central focus of this show. It's the characters. It's not the lore. It's not the angels. It's not the like it. They are set dressing. They are delicious. Mm -hmm. They're very decadent. You're glad you got them. But it's not the main dish. Yeah, that's it's like, yeah, it's like going to like. It's like a, yeah, like it's, the, it's like a good restaurant. Like you know, there has to be good ambiance to mm-hmm. really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, because as great as these characters are, they definitely wouldn't work the same in any other setting. Mm-mm. No, like that. Yeah, and I think that's in part. I mean, one thing that really drew me in, almost like right away in the first episode, was how superb just like the directing is and everything. But from Ava, like I don't know, it just sucks you in so well, and I think that. I think that helps because you're sort of like, okay, like I'm visually pleased by what's happening on screen. Mm-hmm. So like while the characters are going through this and that, like I'm also like visually entertained. Oh yeah. I am that never, my eyes are never bored watching Ava. I could watch Ava on mute. You really could. Yeah. I, I definitely could. Like on mute, maybe with some subtitles on, maybe not depending on how spicy I feel. But, uh, I could like it's just it's a gorgeous looking franchise to because I don't have a better word for it. And you know, especially again in End of Ava, I feel like everyone just came in and gave it their all. Right. And that's sort of speaking of how interesting everything looks, that sort of um so like Lilith's she has that like seven she has like seven eyes. And that has yeah. sort of eluded me for a while. Um, but I was just like, so I was like going through like religious stuff and I was like, what the hell has seven eyes? And it turns out Jesus in the Bible, like when he's a lamb has seven eyes. Um, so I was like, mm, I that's, yeah, I was like, I wonder, cause Lilith, you know, kind of turns into God at the end. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that's where that came from. 
because you know a lot of people talk about how like Sele's mask mm-hmm. represents like the eyes of Ava. You know, there's like two, there's yeah. four, and there's one. But like, I was like, I don't know if that's that seems a little stretchy to me. But I, but I like the sort of eyes of Jesus one. I did not even know about that. I'm glad you brought it to my attention. That's super yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, he, like in his, like in the Revelations or whatever, like he has like seven horns, and like this lamb has like seven horns and seven eyes. That's so metal like, as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it really, I'm like, this is supposed to be Jesus. <laughs> this is fucking metal. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, sure this is a, yeah, it's crazy. But are we talking about the same Jesus? <laughs> you're right. It's like sure this isn't Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't question it. I was like, yeah, it seems about right. <laughs> I mean, I guess, yeah, the world is pretty messed up. <laughs> oh, man. But I feel like that's the true beauty about where Lilith comes from, you know? Because as soon as Lilith becomes an end of Ava and she appears and she's this massive force of power and fear and terror, like, again, that scene where in End of Ava where Shinji rises in ava unit one and that that scream i can hear that yeah i close my eyes yeah (laughs) it's incredible that voice actor is incredible amazing amazing it's just remarkable like it's a thing of beauty i've said this before in other podcast episodes and, and i'll repeat it here like i don't know what it is about end of ava it's a film that I've seen multiple times in multiple stages because I have seen it sober and I've had I have seen it high. Well, that's gonna be a, a fun experience. It, oh, I've done it a couple of times, and it's oh, there's the the word I keep coming back to is cathartic. Mm-hmm, definitely cathartic. There's something beautiful about how horrible everything is, and and I'm and I'm mostly talking about like Asuka fight onwards. <laughs> right like when the good shit starts happening because i cannot like i always kind of skip over that first scene oh i mean that's understandable it's hard i'm like I- i'm like no thank you we know what happens yeah like i i saw it once it, that's fine but I- like asuka scene like i would say uh when she's put into the ocean like that point onwards i like it just becomes this beautiful chaotic cathartic thing it's a beast it's a force of nature and with that big ray lilith figure emerges from the depth and it's just like this big ass figure that's above everyone else i don't know there's something so overwhelming about it like i can't imagine some right. average joe in like germany just hingading the dorgan his way through his day <laughs> and there's just like a giant ass lady in the sky and all you hear is like the chorus the ominous chorus of tumbling down tumbling down and you're like oh honey how are you and then you're just tang that's amazing i i I like the the image of like the song also playing in the universe yeah yeah like they're just like where's this music coming (laughs) everyone hears it (laughs) yeah um yeah i think that is i mean that's i mean it's humorous to think about it but it's very much um it is a very terrifying aspect and the word i kind of think about it is sublime so oh, to me, word. so the so the talking about this, you've sort of brought on some thoughts where Lilith being this sort of beautiful but almost overwhelming and terrifying like thing kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of just about like life itself. Yeah. Um, oh my god. <laughs> so you know, we talked a little bit about how I think about Ava in a very existential way. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, Lilith almost represents sort of like this 
like in our, it kind of reminds me of like just like like the sun or just like the stars themselves where it's very much like like wow that's beautiful but at the same time like that's like it's just like a big ball of plasma that will incinerate everything eventually so it's you know yeah it's i completely that, understand that, i i i am with is. you i completely understand because it's one of those things where it's like thinking about the galaxy you look at the galaxy and you look at pictures of the galaxies and stars and the sky and all that jazz and there's like this first instinct that you have it's like wow that's gorgeous and then mm-hmm. like the implication of oh i am an ant in right. this vast cosmos yeah and yet every time i'm having an existential crisis i feel like the world is ending it really yeah it really i feel the exact same way it's even makes I, you feel very small yes and i feel like lilith plays into that a lot because when human instrumentality is taking place and the green crosses start start appearing around the world and you mm-hmm. hear the screams of people yeah oh that was chilling the first time i heard it like it it seeped into me i was like oh no <laughs> right it is very much i mean it very much is you know like a like a end times you know revelations kind of thing too where it's like like this is it like i'm like i'm meeting god or whatever or i'm meeting i'm like facing the universe like head on it's it's a terrifying thing to sort of mm-hmm. recognize and i think i mean i think ava does that very well where it's very much you know the themes are very much like personified in like physical objects yeah so yeah i think lilith does a really great job of almost being like an existential crisis like personified it, it's just a lot it's just so much it is a lot. i honestly I, I I honestly like always have a little bit of a hard trouble thinking about how much it is because my brain at some point just kind of short circuit. It's like, yeah, no, we're stopping this right now <laughs> before you continue down that path. Right, and it, to me, it's very much like a rabbit hole. Like, oh, I learn about oh, it's like religious symbolism in the show. Okay, well now it's you know five minutes later, and it's like, oh, I, what is this religion I've never heard of before? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, like, the Kabbalism, I really, I, just, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right at all. My apologies. Um, it's all right. But I mean, I, I don't speak English. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't know that was, like, a major source until this year. So that was pretty interesting for me to find out. It's just that I feel like there's always something to learn about Ava. Whether you're a casual viewer or a longtime fan or just someone like about to tip dip their toes into it right. and Ava itself it's such a beautiful and intimidating and overwhelming work then when people like I-, I have real life friends who haven't seen it that know I host this podcast and they're like oh would you recommend it and I'm always like <laughs> right because depending yeah I mean I think you know like it ha- Ava has reputation reputation there we go um sort of being like very confusing and very dense and it's like mm-hmm. i mean it, it is but i feel like that's only for stuff like a lot of little details and i feel like yeah. because it's so much like bizarre stuff happening on the screen you're just like it's hard to process it all in one viewing yeah no definitely i was asking my partner when i was rewatching it earlier today the episode uh he he's not a big diehard fan as i am and I was like, now that you had like almost a year to digest Ava in your brain, what do you think about it? Because he wasn't a big fan when he finished watching it with me. And I was like, what do you think about it? And he's like, oh, Ava's a great show. I do feel like it's a one-time watch. And I'm like, that is insane to me. 
Yeah, that that's a, that's an interesting take. It's his take, and I kind of understand where he's coming from. He uh, he's a person that's very um. This is gonna sound so like so stereotypical of me, but like he's very Capricorn that way. Like, <laughs> like, like he 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 has a very analytical brain. Uh, that's how he processes things. He's a very analytical person in general. So it doesn't surprise me that for him it was enough to just watch it one time. Uh, I'm I lean more towards the creative side than analytics. Like I can't do math. I don't understand what's happening with the stock market right now. Uh, <laughs> So to me, my creative brain has always like kind of overtaken everything else. And Ava's just one of those properties where I'm like, it doesn't matter how many times I watch it. It doesn't matter if I recite it in my sleep. It doesn't even matter if I don't see it for like two months and then I rewatch it. I will always, always, always find something to come back to. And that's one of the beautiful things about hosting this podcast because I've had people who didn't like it the first time and then loved it the second time. I've had people who fell in love with it the first time. And then as an adult, they kind of rethink a couple of things. It's just fascinating how so many people can have so many different perceptions of the same thing. And it's almost, again, it's beautiful and chaotic and cathartic and sublime, at least to me. It very much is. And yeah, I mean, I... I feel like I'm okay at analytic stuff. Like, I'm not the best, but I can definitely be like, okay, like, I can sort of break this down. But Ava definitely is something I have to, like, just... Because there's so many different facets of, like, where you can analyze it. So it's something I have to just sort of think about over and over again. You know, mm -hmm. I can't... I, like, the first time I watched it, partly because I was just memorized and blown away by everything, but, you know, I really... It's something very difficult for me to just sort of watch and then be like okay yep this is what it's about exactly i i, I don't know how how my partner was like yeah i'm one i'm fine with watching it one time i'm like what <laughs> like as soon as it ended i just started like looking up video essays and looking up topics and like actually q misato was one of the first people i found when i was researching stuff for this this show because i was just consumed i was like i need i need to read more about this i need to know i feel like i'm missing something and i and i feel like it doesn't matter how many times i rewatch it how many people i'm i'll talk to about it i think at the end of the day i'm always gonna be quote unquote missing something about it right me too we, you brought up uh kumisado and sometimes i read her threads and i'm like fuck did she come up with this like this is brilliant <laughs> Yes, I know, I know. And it's like, yeah, I'm like, okay, thank you for, you know, keep doing that, because these are fascinating. But I'm like, I, I cannot attempt this. Oh, yeah, like, I know Q Misato has, like, I think it's either a, an article that she wrote in, uh, like, I should, I should research this better because I'm kind of promoting it, but she definitely has something that she wrote that she has for sale about Evangelion, and I'm, I've definitely kept my eye on it. It's like a like a book. It, it, it's not a book. I think she collaborated on a book. Like she has a piece on it. Huh. Uh, I... I, I'll I'll like research it and let you know because right. I it, like it's ten a.m. where I am. Like it's about to be eleven a.m. No p.m. I'm sorry. I am short circuiting right now it's okay. so it's late and i can't really remember that well but definitely it's one like she's one of those people where like if i'm on twitter and i haven't seen her in a while i'll go to her page just to see if she has anything new right yeah 
yeah, her and Balmasado definitely like I I go back, I go to their Twitter and I'm like, okay, did, did y'all post anything? And sometimes when it's like a funny shit post, I'm like, ah, that's fun. But when it's like a deep like analysis about a thread of something, it doesn't even matter what it is. If it's something, I'm like, oh, this is great, fantastic. This is the content I subscribed for. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, thank you for this content. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it. I think we're going to wrap this up. Once again, everyone, thank you so much. A big round of applause for Selena for helping me out with this episode. Well, thank I, you so much for having me on. This was a blast. I would love to have you again if you ever want to come back. Oh, I definitely. Hopefully we'll have less problems technical-wise. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. I really hope this podcast got recorded. <laughs> me too. I would feel so bad. No, no, don't. It was Zoom. Like, trust me, as a teacher who has to use Zoom to teach the kids, this happens all the time. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's very weird. So for everyone who wasn't paying attention at the first part of this class, uh, the podcast has a Patreon now. If you want to go support, you can go find us at Patreon Ava X Lilith. We have three tiers. One is a $1 tier, one is a $3 tier, and one is a $5 tier. Very cheap. I decided not to go super, you know, hardcore because I just don't think it's, I don't know. I don't think my content's that worth it. But, you know, if you could throw me a dollar a month, that would be fantastic. Uh, I hope everyone had fun if you listened this far. If you did, you get a cookie because these episodes usually are very long. <laughs> As always, I always want to thank my co-host. In this case, I want to thank Selena for joining me. She was fantastic. You were great. Thank you so much. I think, once again, thank you for having me on. I had a lot of fun. And give her money, everyone listening. <laughs> give me money. Give me money. Give it now. <laughs> and hopefully I will see everyone soon with a new video topic. Next month is February, so I'm thinking of tackling how this show handles romance. Oh, Who yes. knows? Who knows? Maybe, probably. It's probably going to be that. I'm just, I'm just not. It's probably going to be that. I will look for any excuse to talk about romance in anything ever. Did so, Ava, good, uh, good place to do that. Selena, I usually give all of my co-hosts a spot, a, a chance to shine, if you will. If you want to promote anything, if you want to, like, shout out something, this is your tam time now. Um, well, I already kind of promoted myself in the beginning, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter at moon underscore dweller five. Um, shout out to KFC Tokyo 3 for the interesting thoughts that we Hell yeah. that I borrowed from. Um, and... Uh, Friends' lives matter. So, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I hope you have a great night, and I will see you all very soon. Good night. Good night.